Hey guys, welcome to Crypto, the podcast with a self-explanatory name. I'm your host, Alicia. Let's go back to June 1961. Peter Rainbart of Cheshire, England, murdered and dismembered his estranged wife, Malika de Fernandez. Already off to a good start for this episode. She had come home and found him sharing their house with another man. She then attempted to extort Peter in return for not outing him publicly. Now, that's shitty in and of itself to do to someone, even if they did, like, cheat on you, I guess. But keep in mind that this was also a time when homosexuality was still a crime. I'm not condoning the murder, but it's just some background on maybe why the reaction was so violent in the first place. After killing Malika, he had disposed of the body parts in the trenches leading to Lindau Moss, a peat bog nearby. Now, Peter was obviously a suspect in Malika's disappearance, but no charges could be pressed. They had no proof, and they had no body. In 1983, two peat cutters were doing their thing, cutting, well, peat, at Lindau Moss. You can probably see where this is going. On the conveyor belt where they put the peat, the two noticed something a little odd. It appeared to be a deflated football. Upon closer inspection, they had discovered a human head complete with hair and soft tissue. Obviously, they contacted the police, and the police, having suspected Peter for over two decades now, thought that they finally had an answer. When confronted, he admitted to murdering his wife and told the whole story. No sense lying now, they had found her head. Except it wasn't her. After carbon dating the head, they found that this woman was probably from about 210 CE, putting her at nearly 2,000 years old. Peter is many things. A time traveler, he is not. But he did tell the police, it has been so long, I thought I would never be found out. You're not wrong about that, Pete. It was a really long fucking time. He still was convicted, and I don't believe Malika's remains were ever found. As sad as that is, we're not really talking about Malika's murder. We are instead talking about how the fuck this 2,000-year-old head still essentially had a face. Ignoring essentially, it literally had a brain. And I'm saying had because apparently after mishandling from the police, only bone fragments remain. And I don't blame them. They thought they were dealing with a 20-year-old murder, not a 2,000-year-old corpse needing extremely delicate handling. The head was lovingly named the Lindau Woman, or Lindau One, because other bodies were soon found. The person was 30 to 50 years old, and actually some recent studies dispute their gender. In 1987, a headless body was found in the same area, named Lindau Three, and that may be this dear old head's body. Regardless of gender, this person is one of many bodies found around Europe referred to simply as bog bodies, because they're found in bogs. Are you still with me? I know that was a bit of a leap. So we should start by asking, what exactly are bogs? For me, I'm thinking of swamps, like down in the bayou. When I heard the term bog bodies, I'm like, all right, cool. Bodies in swampy water. That's literally all it took for me to get on board. Bodies? All right. I knew there had to be a reason why I kept seeing the term bog bodies and why people seemed so fascinated by them. But I really thought the fascination came from the fact that swamps seem like an ideal dumping ground for bodies, and thus many bodies are dumped in the swamp. I figured that the sheer volume of bodies disposed there was enough to pique interest and it was almost treated like a crazy phenomenon. Like an unspoken agreement between body dumpers. Neat, right? Turns out, People are actually fascinated because these bodies are almost perfectly preserved, 
and not even dumped in swamps, so joke's on me. Do your research, kids. Bogs and swamps? Not the same fucking thing. Listen, I live in a semi-desert. We're dry as fuck here. 90% of our summer is spent on fire. I don't know about your boggy swamplands, I'm sorry. According to National Geographic, bogs can take thousands of years to form. Basically, they start as lakes and then slowly fill up with plants. These plants layer up in addition to a specific moss called sphagnum, and because of these plants, the water can't circulate. And because the water can't circulate, these plants can't get oxygen. And because these plants can't get oxygen, the plants can't decompose. These half-decomposed plants eventually form histosol, which eventually forms peat, which is then harvested and has many uses ranging from agriculture to fuel to insulation. Here's the fun part. In addition to the lack of oxygen, the soil is very acidic, so not even bacteria and organisms that help decomposition can survive long enough to contribute to the process. Essentially, anything left in these bogs will just stay there and pickle. Yes, I said pickle. The bog acid's pH level is very similar to that of vinegar, which means it preserves things, like these bog bodies, in a similar manner to pickling. Obviously, there is a lot more to the makeup of bogs and the science behind the preservation, but that's just the gist of it. Let's talk about the bodies. Close to a thousand bodies have been found in the bogs, mainly in northern Europe, and range from 8,000 BCE to World War II. Unfortunately, a lot of these don't get noticed until they've been mashed up during peat cutting, but I digress. A good chunk of these bodies are from the Iron Age. I said earlier that these bodies are almost perfectly preserved, and while that is true, it doesn't apply to all of the bodies. Some bodies have skin, hair, and their guts all intact, while other bodies are complete skeletons. I don't want to lead you astray with false information. Just keep in mind that even though these bogs can potentially pickle our friends, there are a number of factors that can result in partial or total decomposition. So, the first documented discovery of a bog body dates back to 1640, and it wasn't until about the 19th century did people even start to wonder if these bodies were actually not recent deaths. Up until then, the bodies were just removed from the bogs and then often given a Christian burial. Interestingly enough, what started the speculation that maybe these bodies were extremely old was the rise of antiquarianism. A body that had been buried with seven glass beads and a bronze pin was unearthed in Denmark in 1843. They took the remains and buried it, but Crown Prince Frederick, an antiquarian, wanted the body sent to the National Museum of Denmark in order to study it. Despite the theory that these bog bodies weren't recently deceased was around in the 19th century, it took until the mid-20th century for technologies to advance enough to determine if the bodies were years, decades, or even centuries old. Since then, we have been able to tell the age of the person who died, what type of food they ate according to their teeth, what they possibly looked like, and even what their last meal was because, yup, it's still all in there. So let's ask ourselves why there are so many bodies in the bogs of Northern Europe. Are the bogs like the swamp of sadness in the never-ending story? And all the people just turn into artax and get swallowed up by their sorrow and just kind of sink down and die? Turns out no. The site Nautilus dove into why a lot of the bodies are there. There's a very old theory that these bodies are of people who committed adultery or, quote, deeds of shame. Peter V. Glob, a Danish archaeologist, believed that most of the bodies were the result of a ritualistic sacrifice. There's a theory that many people of the Iron Age saw the bogs as a connection to the spirit world. The Tallinn Man, for example, is a body that was found in Denmark with a leather noose around his neck. 
The reason why this seems like a sacrifice, opposed to the run-of-a-mill hanging, is how the body was found. He seemed to be delicately laid out, with his knees drawn up and his eyes and mouth closed. Around the time when this guy was alive, 375 to 210 BCE, the common practice for burial was cremation. He was placed deliberately and left intact, so to speak, for a reason, as perhaps an offering. Then there's the body known as Old Krogan Man, found in Ireland. He is believed to be a sacrificed king due to his well-manicured hands, stomach contents, and... <laughs> well, his cut nipples. I'm going to make it weird here. Apparently, and this may be a lie to make myself look a fool, but sucking a king's nipples was a sign of submission in the medieval times. So, cutting these nipples made him ineligible for the throne, because you can't suck on cut nipples. Come, <laughs> Gotta draw the line somewhere, am I right? Fun fact. Irish kings were sometimes sacrificed in the Middle Ages because they were seen as mediators between the spirit world and earth. Many of the bog bodies also show signs of deformities. Some experts believe that people with disabilities were often sacrificed and left in the bog simply because they were thought to be unfavored by their gods. While bog bodies and kings with cut nipples are super fascinating, there is something else that has been found preserved in the bogs. Something arguably way more important than people. Bog butter. Okay, <laughs> it sounds gross, it arguably is gross, but it's literally butter, not some weird substance that formed in the bog. This butter is found in a wooden container, sometimes a straight-up butter churn, and can be meat or tallow-based, or the more traditional dairy-based. There are a few theories about the bog butter that has been found. Some people do think it's a type of offering, much like how the bodies could possibly be part of a sacrifice. It's also thought that the butter is buried to prevent spoilage due to the low oxygen and temperature of the bogs. It keeps the bodies fresh enough. It could also be a form of processing where the burial of the butter could lead to a more palatable end product. And finally, even just as a way to prevent thieves from running off with it. Butter was a luxury way back and was used for a lot more than just consumption, such as payment. With that, I'll leave your mouths watering with the idea of spreading some of that couple thousand-year-old bog butter on a nice slice of hot toast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, contact me at creepedoutpodcast at gmail.com and follow on Facebook and Instagram at creepedoutpodcast. If you like what I do, want to hear more of what I do, and want me to do more of it, like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you do on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep creepy. I'll see you next time. I'll leave your mouth watering. Fuck.